Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Welcome to another episode of Reconciling Grace. This is a podcast where we discuss topics and passages from the Bible. Well, maybe not exactly from the Bible, but we use the Bible a lot and talk about various topics and issues. And today I'm joined by Pastor Josh Kugel and Pastor Don McDonald. Actually, I shouldn't say today because that's pretty much our regular uh, panel here. And I'm glad to have both you guys with us each time. And uh, Pastor Mac, Don, is going to be leading us today in a topic called technology and the church. And that's something that has really come to the forefront of the church, especially in the past year or so, uh, starting out a lot um, in, 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 in heavy usage by many churches when we were told by the government that we could not meet for certain amounts of time. And it just kind of took it as a springboard. And I, before we start, Don, I just want to say how how I really still remember the first time I heard you preaching um, over the internet. It actually was a little bit, it may have been delayed. It may not have been, I don't remember. And you were actually praying for all of the pastors who were suddenly finding themselves in a place where their messages are now being heard by more people than they ever had had them heard by before. And I just thought that it was such a prescient comment there that you, you just had such insight into there. Again, this is at the very beginning of, of shutting things down. And so you have been kind of thrust into this whole technological thing, even though you have a large city church, right? If you call 650 in Danforth, yeah. And well, no stoplights. That makes us small town, definitely. Yeah, the 650 isn't your church size. That's the town nope. size. That's the town size. I, you know, I found myself that first Sunday that we were in COVID lockdown, I turned on Facebook and like, you know, here's Faith Church and Kankakee with their service online. And and there, there were just such a variety of churches that I was like, man, the Lord is moving in and through technology to show the world that even though we're in COVID, we still have Jesus to serve and we still have Jesus to teach. And, and I just, I was keenly aware of how teaching and technology were coming together uh, in our church world through that. I mean, we were what, uh, two months, I think in Illinois, not being in church. And so it was all about technology. Um, and that, that was to me very eye-opening. Um, it, it sort of made me though sit back, Pete, and as I was thinking about technology, it still made me say, okay, we got to be careful that technology is not our own the end, but rather the means to the end of encountering Christ. You know, that, that I kept that in the forefront in my mind. And even today, um, Danforth Reformed is still online, still using technology to proclaim Christ. And, you know, um, it's, it's just a different experience that of getting the word of God out in that way. Um, I, and I know, Josh, you're, you're the guru of technology. So 
How, how are you feeling about the church and technology? So, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna push back a little bit. Not not necessarily what you said. Right. Let me ask you a question. Let's say this happened and there was not a Zoom. What what would you have done? And I'm not just talking your church, but if there was not Zoom for anybody. Well, yeah. I'm the kind of guy who is who's kind of a little bit of a rebel. I probably would have met anyway. Yeah, that that's that's. I, I wonder. Here, here's here's my thing. If we couldn't have shut down and met online, I would have been in the parking lot meeting. Uh, we would have gone to a house. We would have done. I would have met in defiance. But because we had Zoom, and I, I still, I got to tell you, there are people that aren't coming back to church today because we have Zoom. And we all jumped on this, and I'm not going to say bandwagon or anything, because I was there too. We all jumped. Isn't it great that we have Zoom? And the thing that's made it the hardest to get back to meeting as a church and everything else is the fact that we don't have to go anywhere. And we can still get it in our homes. We can still, so maybe, I, I'm just going to, maybe this wasn't God saying, <laughs> let me bless you with another technology that'll keep you in your home and away from everybody else. This seemed to, I mean, most churches down the, across the country are down 20% right now because of things like Zoom that gave people an excuse, oh, I don't have to go this week, and now they're not doing it anymore. So all that to say, technology is awesome. I love using technology in ministry. There's not a day that goes by that I don't pray to God that he takes Facebook servers down. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Facebook is one of the most often cited reasons for divorce or at least connected with divorce. It, it hurts self-image. It increases drama, um, all this stuff. There, and I, I read a thing today. It was 86 ways that Facebook by, by medical science and, and all is hurting people. And so I, I just, I always jump into these kind of things saying, you know, I, I'm always gung-ho technology, but I always realize that a lot of these things are, are, way, are, are ways that man has figured out, hey, we can do the God stuff. We can do the things he does. We can, we can improve and all. I, I just think it's good to go in this with a caution is that every time we think we've got something figured out that we don't need another way, that we don't have to meet together, or we can use technology to do this. We need to be just very careful there because God designed us before all this technology to work pretty well, <laughs> you know? And, and so- I, I think the only counter argument I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying, you know, I'm 62 saying this, so I'm still getting over this, um, <laughs> is that the medium of which we are using the social platforms, let's take a step even farther back from Facebook, it's where people are at, though. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. the unchurched, especially. Yeah. So I, I'm going to sort of counter push back saying, yes, even though you're right about the studies of Facebook and the platforms, I'm going to be saying on the other extreme, yeah. man, people have found Christ through those connections. People but, have encountered Christ through that. But, and but right now we're still down at least 20% straight across the board in church attendance. And I, right. and, I and, and we've given people, we've right. given people the option of saying, well, I'm still watching online. So right. that's just, and it's not to say, I'm not saying technology is bad or anything like that. Right. I, I, right. Just, I just want to start yeah. out just by saying from my perspective, I, I think we, we praise things before we need to. 
Well, I like to say this. I like to yeah. say technology is wonderful until it isn't. Yeah. And to me, I, I'm going to do something really bizarre here. I'm going to bring scripture into this. Oh, come uh, on. You know, heck, this isn't even what, what uh, well, yes, I did say heck, by the way. Um, this isn't even what, uh, what Don was going to share with us. But I pulled up this scripture, 1 Timothy 4.4, which says, For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. Now, you can get the argument, did God create the internet? Or did humans create the internet? I like to look at it like this, the same as with medical science. God gave the humans the wisdom to be able to do these things. So it goes back to God in, you know, if it's however you want to do it. But, you know, the bottom line is, like everything else, it can be abused. You know, it can be for good or it can be for bad. It's not to be just rejected, but it can be used for good. Josh, I, I hear exactly what you're saying because I, I know what you're, you mean about the attendance being down. Some people are simply using it as an excuse that they don't have to go. Some people are using the, the uh, pandemic as an excuse that they don't have to do things anymore. Some people are saying, I can't go to work. I might get sick. Well, you know what? I'm not going to get into the whole pandemic thing again, but some people are afraid to go out because of that. Some mm -hmm. people are truly afraid. Some people are just saying, hey, I don't really want to get sick. Why don't I just stay home? You know, there, there's, it's, it's all in the attitudes of the different people. Different people have different I, attitudes. I think as, as I'm hearing us bantering on this technology thing, <laughs> <laughs> which is all good banter, I, I found myself going through my notes and I'm looking at the printing press. And it talks about Kramer, who wrote the common prayer book so he could bring everyone in their own language a time of worship. And ironically, he got martyred because of that. You know, and they were questioning the printing press and they were questioning the, the bringing the language, the spoken language into the act of worship when it should have been Latin. The holy yeah. language of the Catholic Church, yeah. and yeah. so, you know, again, there's nothing new underneath the sun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and then the, the the question is, I think we make technological leaps for accessibility of other people, but there's always a sacrifice that you make too. Um, we put words up on the screen. I know we're all used to that now, but there was a time where there was a big fight over that. Um, many churches split over it and all this kind of stuff, put words up on screen, but now everybody can read it. But guess what the fallout from that was, is we don't use hymnals and nobody can read music anymore. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there, there's, I think we go into these with the right mindset. And I think the, the intention is to make the gospel, to make the message, to make more accessible to more people. Zoom accomplished that, but it had an expense to it. Um, the screen up front accomplished that, but it had an expense to it. I think the same thing, I, I preach every week, and I, I don't use a paper Bible at all because everything's up on the screen behind me because I want everybody to be able to read from the version I'm using and the notes I use from it, pictures I use and all that kind of stuff. But the expense to that is people stop bringing their Bibles to church. Mm -hmm. I, well, you can bring it in your phone now, can't you? Yeah, You can, and, and I use it from that too. Um, we actually put our notes on, on uh, Uversion, which is uh, a life.church yep. product that they put out there for free that you can follow along our notes every week. I've got them on there and everything. It's really cool, but there is a sacrifice to it. 
I, there just is. Um, every advance, I guess, requires one, but I, I don't think we always think about the sacrifices. But would you call it a sacrifice or would you call it a pendulum? Because I, to me, what I've seen is that so often, you know, there's, there's an issue in the church, whatever it might be, take technology out of it right now, whatever the issue is. And it seems that the church and even society oftentimes will address the issue and it goes and it starts to make it better, but then it goes too far. Yeah. And then we have to hope that it comes back and, and, and straightens out again. Yeah. And, he, and Pete, when you were, where we are. When you were a kid, Pete, how many people brought their Bibles to church? I don't know. I didn't go to church. You didn't? No. Not when you were a kid. Not when I was a kid. I was a non-practicing Roman Catholic. And so even when I went to church, they didn't bring their Bibles. Well, can you hang up on him, Don? You're <laughs> Pete, Pete, when you when you finally started going to a Protestant church, how many people brought their Bibles? I I would say probably about half, and that was probably okay. you know thirty years ago. Okay, when I was a kid, everybody I knew brought a Bible. Yeah, yeah, and and we were one of the first churches to have a screen. They just did. Now it's just not necessary, I guess. It, and it's so um, hard. In in going, actually, uh, I'm agreeing with you on something josh believe it or not <laughs> you and i have an interesting viewpoint of technology and how it's being used i love technology don i, I i'm i i used to be a web developer i still right. do all i program i i love it man i i just i i realize there are downfalls to every change but i also realize that god will use it for something greater if we get out of the way Can't. you know what i'm saying and I'm agreeing with you that with the advent of the screen and things like that, it's hard to say, hey, get in your Bible and underline this or get in your Bible and do that. Now, what I do, you know, because, in, our, in our biblical literacy has fallen off like crazy. Oh, huge, huge. Crazy. I, and, and what I try to do is in, encounter people when I'm preaching and teaching, you know, I have the scripture up in front of them and I'll underline what's important there and i challenge them to go back to their bible after they review it and mark it up yeah yeah you know, i tell people i tell people to take notes um because yeah, yeah. especially if you're like me i'm adhd or whatever and i can't listen to when one sense when one of my senses is engaged it's harder right. for me to listen than when i have multiple senses engaged. and, and, and I, I think with technology though they can go back and review it they can go back, you know, in the case of us, we can when my Internet's working right yeah. and they can go back to that chunk and say, OK, what did he say? What did he mark on his scripture? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if they're serious about the sermon, mind you. And, and, and Don, there's there's no way for me to get certain points across as well as I can if I have a movie clip and you got to use it right. You don't just use it for using it. But if somebody yeah. can engage all of their senses, there's a cinematic thing, there's the memories of when they were a kid and they saw it, and all of a sudden they connect that to a Bible verse. It is just so powerful, and they never forget that illustration. Right. So, yeah. The church and technology is, is, I think, been an ongoing conversation since the birth of the church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Technology really is also honest. the reason... Technology is also the reason that most kids have like a split second attention span. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, you know, Don, when you say that the historical part of that is so true, I, I know of denominations today that will not use instruments, musical instruments in church because Correct. they said that they were not mentioned in the New Testament. 
Correct. And so they think that musical instruments are wrong. I'm I don't agree with that. But you know, if that's their sincerely held belief, I'm not going to say that they're not going to go to heaven because of that. If they believe in Christ as their Lord and Savior, that's that's the important part. So you know, I think that you're right when you say that technology has been an issue since the beginning of the church. And I, I guess you know what what I enjoy about this conversation, and I hope people are sensing in the podcast in some ways. There's a, there's a little bit of push and shove that Josh and I are doing with mm -hmm. technology. And that's healthy. Yeah. That's healthy. You know, and if you're in your life of your church and you're sort of saying, okay, is this technology taking us away from God or towards God? Hey, even in the Reconciling Grace panel, we're not totally 100% connected. It's healthy conversation. It, it's causing us to say, how is Christ being experienced? How is scripture being experienced? Is it taking us towards scripture or away from scripture? Um, and I, I love descending voices on my consoles because it causes us to really examine it. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll quote a little bit from one of my favorite pastors, Craig Rochelle. I talk about him every once in a while from Life.Church in Oklahoma, yeah. 85,000 weekly attendants, all that stuff. He says, uh, he says, my mission, I, I, I'm paraphrasing, I'm probably doing it wrong a little bit, but he says, you know, our, our goal is to, to introduce people to Jesus. And he says, we're going to do anything short of sin to do that. So they use technology like crazy because it's a, it becomes an avenue that maybe they haven't had before, that, that's new, that they've never tested or whatever, and they're going to use it to reach people for Jesus. And that's the same thing with when, when I'm preaching, my goal is to help people understand scripture. And if technology is going to help me do that, I want to use it as much as I can. Um, and, and, and all of that. And, and then I also have to remember that Jesus literally stood there and told farming stories to people. Why did he tell farming stories to people? Because they were farmers and they got it. And we have people today that spend nine and 10 hours on TikTok a day watching dumb videos that need to hear the truth of Christ. And yes, it's a dumb way to communicate to them. Yes, there are risks to doing it. Yes, there are losses to investing in that and everything else, but they need to hear Christ. And so why not reach them in a way that they can hear us in, in whatever that looks like? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think I can go back to talk about a pastor who might be familiar to Don, isn't uh, Chuck Swindoll part of the um, Evangelical Free or something like that? Yeah, um, he was. Yeah. He was. And um, I believe it was him who I heard say this. Uh, he was talking about back in the days when he was a youth pastor. So I mean, he was, he was a young whippersnapper back then. And they were talking about something. They were going to do something had to do with the youth ministry, I think it was. And they showed this black and white film about the mission field where they were going to go and they said that the board of elders or whoever it was just really castigated him and they called him into a special meeting after the service and and he says yeah but what about the fact that you guys show these slides about missionaries the guy stopped him right there he said stop if it's still if it's okay it's okay if it moves it's sin you know? <laughs> and, and you know i'm thinking about that and i'm thinking about how who was probably the most prolific preacher in our lifetime? Was it not Billy Graham, probably? And did he probably not 
lead more people, the Holy Spirit working through him more, yeah, more properly, led more people to the Lord. And yet he used the the most recent advances that he could come by in his ministry. We do radio, we have television, satellite. I remember when he did satellite, I think from South Korea or something one one time. And that was a big deal that he was beaming this this service all across the world from South Korea. And that was one of the first times that it ever happened. So technology advances, you know? And, and I think the real question that comes to mind as technology advances, I hear the heart of Josh. The heart of Josh is what are we losing as it advances? Oh, I, yeah. I, I get that, but and I also- so do I. So do I. I, I do too. I, I, and that's why I love your heart, Josh. I get what you're saying. And the only reason why I'm leaning the other direction is it's just where we're going as a culture. You know, uh, how often have we heard the message doesn't change, but the messenger has to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when we explore, I remember sitting in on a, a forum on the future of the church as it relates to first the birth of the printing press connecting into the internet. And they were showing even then, and we're talking 18 years ago, 19 years ago that this forum was. And we're talking about how today the church is breathing and changing with this technology, partially because we got forced into it, kicking and screaming. And how we are going to keep moving forward on that. I just finished reading a book and, and it was that the essence of the, of the book was the new front door of the church is not the front door of the church, but your social media platforms. Where will they see the church first? They're not going to want to come to your doors. They're not going to want to come into the building. So where do you start? You start with the social media platforms now. Um, it was, a, it was not, a great, great book, but not because it's good, but because that's necessity now. Well, you got to meet people where they are. I always yeah. like to say that you have to meet, meet people where they are. You have to reach people where, where they are, not yeah. where we wish they would be. Yeah. And, and I get that, you know, I really do. Um, I'm trying, uh, anyways, I'm having a hard time finding it, but I think, you know, when, when I'm thinking about the church and technology, the point that comes to my mind is make sure if you're listening to Reconciling Grace and the Podgrass, make sure that you hear scripture in it. Make sure you make sure that the, excuse the double sure, that you're seeing Jesus in that technology and not centralizing on a person. You know, um, I, I think technology can hone in and you could start honing in on one person and not. And this is where I'm like 110 percent in agreement with Josh is you need to be in a church building. You need to be with the fellowship of believers. You need to have that connection because that's where you are built up. That's where you are loved. And there's value to physical touch. I get that. I agree 110 percent with that. But if you're beginning your journey in Christ and it's where you encounter through technology, then your prayer is, is that as you grow in Christ, that you end up at a Baptist church in Mississippi going, Josh Kugel, you need to answer these questions because this is what I heard on this. You know, it's how we use technology that can grow the kingdom of God. 
And isn't part of it also the responsibility of the person who uses the technology. So if we um, are teaching, you know, we have to understand that there might be people who for whatever reason cannot get out. Yeah. And this is good for them. And in fact, isn't that really what started your online ministry, Don, that you had some shut-ins who could not get out? Yeah, that was, I, I'm uh, the kicking and screaming tech guy for the record, because I did not want to do it. A, you know, I'm a balding guy that's getting gray. So, you know, you get to see all my baldness, both the top of my head and my forehead. And I'm like, I don't want to be on Facebook live preaching, teaching, but. You can't talk about getting gray when you're talking to me online here. Well, that's because he's all gray for the record, people, because you can't see him. Josh is the only one that doesn't have hardly any gray. I got a little. I got a but little. He's got it. But he, he keeps his hair real short. It's a crew cut, people, yeah. as you're listening to this. <laughs> hey, at least you've got hair, Pete. <laughs> yeah, but in the back, mine's not so gray. So. <laughs> uh, how did we digress to hair? Oh, anyway. we, were talking about, we were talking about how you could not, how there were people who could not come to your church. But, we were doing CDs in the audio and they, you know, they said, Hey, P Mac, you're preaching as much about your presentation, your body presentation. And we want to see you and not just hear you. And so what we would do before COVID this two, three years before COVID, I would get to the sermon section of the service, take my phone out, turn on Facebook live, put it on a mic that had the holder for the phone. And then they got to watch me preach. And really, we, we were sort of doing the online stuff before even COVID hit. So, yeah, I, I embraced technology because that's how people wanted to be cared for. I'm a pastor first. And if it's like, this is how I can do pastoral care for you, I'll do anything to do it. You know, that's kind of scriptural. I'm, I'm looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And um, Paul's talking about becoming a Jew to those who are the, who are the Jews, who, who have the law, I should say or becoming one outside the law who don't, who don't uh, have the law. But by the end of that, he says, um, in the second half of verse 22, he says that I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. Amen. Yeah. And, and I would just like to, I would just like to add a, a pause to that. I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. Correct. Correct. And that's, and that's exactly the key. And there's always a balance. And, to it. and um, I, I, I really think that technology and our embracing of technology has also led to consumer Christianity as well. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I just, I'm not saying, I don't know that the church should always be first adopters. Let me just, <laughs> I I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, well, that, there's an old joke that I used to say. It's like back when uh, I knew that uh, VCRs, remember those things? I knew that they were going out of style when churches started getting them. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but I, I would also like to say really quick, there are a lot of young people today that are rejecting, that are staying Christian, they're investing in Christianity, but they're rejecting kind of the modern expression of it. And they're going back to hymns Yep. and they're going to strong liturgy. And they're going to, uh, you know, the panel sanctuaries and stained glasses and stuff like that. And why are they doing that? Because we went overboard, I think. Um, when you got a guy up there in skinny jeans and flashing lights and smoke, I, I love that stuff when I go to a concert and, and I'm moved by it in a church. But I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. 
That's kind of what I was talking about with the pendulum, though, Josh, because I'm hoping that the pendulum is maybe starting to swing back. You see I, what I'm saying? I hope. I yeah. I don't know. I just think I, I think there's some I, I'm one of those guys. I just see the emptiness and so much. <laughs> and it's not a good it's it's not a good quality. But, but I think I, I think, though, Josh, it's a fair quality because you're saying what is the validity of technology as we live in the church? Yeah. And I think that's an important question. That needs and I just, one of the things I lament so strongly lately is that you can't tell the difference between God's people and God and, and people that aren't. And we're all fighting the same battles and we're all in the same woke stuff and we all look the same and we all have the same entertainment. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm getting old and cranky and I'm just longing for. And you're the youngin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I want Jesus to come back. Let's put it that way. So, you Maranatha, know, but, Maranatha. but, you know, I think the bottom line is that and I think it's good for us to be able to sit here as three different pastors and, and share our three different experiences and say, hey, there's good and there's not so good, maybe even bad in, in some of the technology. And I think that that's with pretty much anything. You mm -hmm. can use something for good. You can use it for bad. And there's, there's pluses to doing this and there's minuses to doing this. This isn't a be all to end all. I mean, we wouldn't be doing reconciling grace with a pastor in Illinois and in Mississippi and in Ohio without the technology. Yeah. People wouldn't be hearing the technology or wouldn't be hearing this without the technology of the internet. Um, but at the same time, don't make this your church. Amen. I cannot stress that enough. Reconciling grace should not be your church. We're here to supplement things. You know, it'd be like trying to live on a daily vitamin without eating food. Yep. So, well, guys, um, I don't know if that's a great place to end, but I think the clock is telling us we probably ought to. I don't know that we've come across with any great answers, except for the fact that, hey, there's concerns, but there's good parts mm -hmm. and striking a balance and that's where we are. And so for Pastor Josh Kugel, I want to thank uh, Pastor Mac, who kind of led, a, led this today. And uh, this is Pete Becky. And Lord willing, we'll be back another time for Reconciling Grace. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.